Welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group, and I publish the website, theweeklydriver.com. My colleague and friend is Bruce Aldrich, and our, we have two guests today. Our first guest is uh, a friend for a very long time. We haven't seen much of each other in recent times, but um, Tony and I kind of came through the ranks together 40 years ago or so, 45 years ago to, or so. Uh, Tony Bijak is the transportation writer and does other things for the Sacramento Bee. And Tony recently did a uh, video and a nice article about uh, a new um, transportation mode in Sacramento, the gig car. So, Tony, welcome to our podcast. How are you today? Um, I'm good, and thanks thanks for having me. Sure. Um, Tony, I really enjoyed the video. It was a good launching spot. Um, you're, we're roughly the same age, and you had a video shot in kind of the new way of, of journalism about your experience with the gig car. So could you tell us a little bit uh, overall um, what your thoughts were going in, if you had any notions of what you were going to do in the gig car and how it went for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, in reporting now, because, you know, we're online, uh, you know, and most of our readers are online, it's, you know, it's the new era, so we like to show rather than just write stories, and yes. so I knew right away, you know, and I'm going to write a story about gig cars, people want to know, all right, what does the app look like, what does the car look like, and the car moves, so let's, let's show it, let's show it doing that, so I went out and rented a gig car that happened just to be parked across the street uh, from the B and uh, drove it around and did the video, you know, because you know, part of what I want to do is show consumers, all right, here's the new product, here's a bit about, you know, how, how you use it. And I mm. thought, you know, that's kind of just informational for them. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I... I um, you know, you ask me anything you want about it, but the, the, you know, aside from it being a gig car and that being a new business model and, and that being really interesting, what they're trying to do in the business world, it was the first time that I had driven an all-electric car. Yes. And and I and I was, I you know, I, I I haven't paid much attention to like you know things like what kind of power they have, but that thing had pickup. It was a Chevy Bolt, right? That's yes. The, 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 yeah. And that thing had pickup. Be, I was I was almost like, that's too much pickup. You can go way too fast, way too quick on that thing on city streets. And, it, you know, it, it was a, it was it was fun, but it was also like, yeah, that's I don't think cars need to go this fast this quick. Yes, I, I noticed that, and it came th it came through loud and clear in a, in a very good way on your video. That um, this week I have one of the competitor cars. I have a, a Nissan Leaf, also all electric, not a gig car, but it also is it accelerates quite well. It surprised me, but also I was curious to know about um, the the feel of the car in terms of. Um, we're both in our 60s and driving a, a regular transmission car. For me, one of the first thoughts I had was that it's, it seemed a little bit like a toy car for about five seconds, and then I realized it's anything but a toy car. It's, it's a, a very advanced, and all the technology is just fantastic to experience. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, James. I don't, you know, I don't know cars like you do, um, but I, yeah, it just it felt like a um, it felt like a pretty sturdy regular car to me. I didn't, you know, the the fact that it was um, electric is something that actually I, you know, it's, it's interesting is that I was trying to listen. I think I heard noise, and so I thought electric cars don't the engine doesn't produce any noise, and so you tell me, do they do they actually like? 
put some like pseudo fake engine noise in there so you can hear something happening? Well, it's a it's a little bit off topic, but not really. But that's been kind of controversial, particularly with uh, people who are riding their bicycles or walking who who can't hear the cars coming. So the answer to your question is yes, they have done some technology where they can put uh, fake noise in the car so it actually makes a sound so people can hear it. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, going over to the app, before I let uh, Bruce, I was curious to know, how did you find the app and the, the mathematics, if you will, of the transaction of the car? And did there, we looked at the website, and there's so many facts and figures and different options for people who are trying this, this car. How did you find the ease or lack of ease with the application? Um, I guess, you know, this app was a, was a, a little bit more complicated to, to, to even download and, and, and sign up for than your typical app that you're going to get for whatever very uses you have for your phone. Is that Because this one required me to put in... Um, it was my, you know, I think this was a few weeks ago, I forgot, my driver's license. Yes. Number, and, and so then they had to verify that. And so it, 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 uh, there was some glitch in mine, and, and I, had to, I actually called them up, and then they immediately verified it. But I think that they say that you put in your, they can verify it very quickly in a matter of minutes. So if you wanted to rent a car and you hadn't signed up yet, you could actually sign up and then pretty, pretty soon be in the car. Um, um, so, but that was just there was there seemed to be a few extra steps from from what I typically have to do with apps. Um, but once I got you know once the app was loaded, you know it's the same if you've you know used the jump bikes. Uh, the same system is that there's a map interface and you can see where the the nearest car is to you, and um, and and they try to even show you what's the estimated walking time to get to that car so you get to choose and i they also say uh, on there how much charge is left in that car and and i know that was meaningful to me on the jump bikes because on a jump bike the more charge in it the, the stronger the, the motor actually feels uh maybe not the same with these cars but anyway uh i um i thought it was really easy when i was i went over to the car and i like just hit the button for that car and it just unlocked the door just like that it was it was it was almost it's like, shouldn't this be a little harder? To do? <laughs> you know? that's, that's great. That's you know? great. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, I had a, a friend, though, uh, funny, is, that tried it out, and um, the cars are all exactly the same. They all look exactly the same, right? So yes. You yes. Have- you have to distinguish, you know, well, you know where your car is. It, it, the map's showing you that you're standing right in front of it. But he was on a block where there were two cars, like, you know, a few feet apart. And he was trying to open one, and it, it wouldn't open. And it turned out he had uh, he had reserved the one, you know, a few parking spaces down, and which he didn't realize. They all, you know. So anyway, I, you know, getting in it, it, it you know, and I just hit the button, and I'm gone. That's It was, it was that fast. Now, you know, the other thing about the interface, and I'll express ignorance here, is that uh, I, when I was using it, I was had that two free hours. So I wasn't worrying worrying about the cost. Yes. And I and I, so I'm not clear, and maybe you guys have looked at the app to see. Um, it, I had heard from some people that it wasn't obvious up front, how much is this going to cost me? Uh, because you don't know how long your trip's going to be. And when I was doing it, it was, I think, they were, it was a, a, a base fee of $2.50 and then, like, $0.40 cents for every minute after that. Yes. Um, so so say, say you're thinking, I, I, don't, I'm not, I don't have a car, I'm not driving my car today, what do I do? Do I take a, 
an Uber or do I take a, a, a gig? Um, I'm not so sure how easy it is for Joe Average or somebody like me to upfront calculate or which one's going to be cheaper or easier, you know? Yes. Um, and then maybe that's answered. Maybe you can get on their app now and, and, and it'll, it gives you a, a, a clearer idea of how much it's going to cost you to be, you know, for the trip that you're going to take. I just don't recall that was something that I saw uh, on the app when I was when I was looking at it, and this was a few weeks ago. No need to be sorry about it because uh, James and I looked at the website and it wasn't real clear either. No, we saw yeah. uh, you know by the mile numbers, hourly numbers, and then by the day. So I don't know the eighty-five dollars a day. Did that include m- unlimited mileage or what? We, it wasn't clear. Yes, uh, I imagine it does. I, they were saying to me that. They will calculate, say, if you if you drive it, and then you you hit a certain point. They will calculate. Oh, it's cheaper for you to do it by the hour right now than by the minute, and they will calculate that as your bill, so that for for your sake, they are they're giving you the best rate. Oh, uh, that's, that's nice. great to know. Yeah. We didn't I didn't realize yeah. that. That's good good knowledge. And and another yeah. thing, uh, as I understand it, all the cars, at least in the Sacramento rollout, with the Chevy Bolt with a B have uh, a double bike rack on top, right? Uh, you know, you see them all over there. They're, it's like they've been cloned. They're all the same. Yeah, they all have the bike rack, and I have not yet seen a bike on top of one of them. So, you know, it, it gives that sporty image. And I think you could put a kayak up there, too. I, I, there's, a, there's a way to do that. But anyway, yeah, they all, um, the idea being... Um, you could take it out of town, I guess, and or, um, or you know, what the funny thing about that is that the, they advertise these as one-way cars, so it's not, you know, unlike um, um, I don't know what the, the, the zip cars. You uh, with these, you you pick, you grab the one closest to you, you drive it to a spot, you park it, and you're done with it. There isn't, you don't even think about taking that car back uh, on your return trip. If you your return trip could be hours later, you're you're likely to find a different car. So, um, you know, if you're going biking, you you it seems to me all right. You park the car, you pick your bike out, you ride around for a while, then or yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, so there. Yes, yeah. See, I think Tony yeah. that you should that would be your next video since you were so natural on the first video. Did I think the next video would be you take another colleague and you go out on a mountain bike somewhere to Marin County and then you have yeah. your bikes and, and you come back, the car's gone. And then you have to ride your bike five miles to go find the next car. I'm, be, I'm having, yeah. a, uh, having a little fun with it, but it would be a great video yeah. for somebody in a cycling magazine to do a video on, on taking the car for a bike ride. Um, yeah, pro- yeah, that, that is interesting. The thing is though, these gig cars right now are only in certain areas. They have these, <laughs> what they call these home bases, right? So yes. you have to pick up a car in, the uh, the home zone and drop it off at in the home zone. So in in Sacramento, that home zone is somewhat the same one as the jump bike, which is the central city, and it leaks out to you know, like East Sacramento and uh, Land Park and some of the uh, nearby neighborhoods, and they'll expand the zone later. But it means that if you're going to use these, you got to park. You, you're going to find them in the zone, and you have to park park them back in that zone. Um, and so it you know means that, I don't know, you, you have to think twice about even going out of, out of town. You, you're going to have to keep that car and bring it all the way back. Um, they also have the system in um, 
you know, they started it a couple of years ago in, in uh, Oakland and Berkeley, so they have a, a gig home area there. But interesting, those are those are not uh, all electric cars. Those are, I think, Priuses. They're hybrid. Yes. I, I noticed that, uh, like in some of the areas where there are the hybrids, they say that the gas is free and they give you a gas code if you need to fill the car up. But these all-electric Sacramento cars, who is responsible for charging? Do you have any idea or where you charge them? Well, they charge them. I mean, ideally for them is that you use it between charges and then they come in, in the middle of the night and charge it. They have, um, you know, this is part, uh, 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 and then I understand, and I'm uh, sorry that I don't know the details on this, but if you are using a car and it needs a charge, you can go get it charged, and they have some mechanism for how they would pay for that, not you. Um, there are, you know, for these electric cars, you're going to have to, for them to be more widely used, there's going to be more need more charging stations, and we're seeing those. You know, we're seeing more charging stations. All of us now, you, you know, the the new Rayleigh's uh, near my house has got charging stations. It, that's something that's becoming more typical. Um, you know, in development, and um, so um, so I, you know, I, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of been always been the hindrance for electrical cars is that it's not as easy to charge them, and the charges take a while. Um, um, I think the gig cars might be part of evolving that forward. Um, the, um, the the gig cars are here because Sacramento uh, got chosen as an Electrify America city. Have you guys heard about Electrify America? A little bit, yes. A little. Yeah, that's where Volkswagen got in big trouble a, f a few years ago for falsifying its emission smog yes. tests on uh, the diesels. And as their their penalty, um, California required them to set up this Electrify America operation or subsidiary that was invest that needed to invest like forty million dollars into. Uh, advancing the uh, technology for electric cars, and Sacramento was chosen as the, the first city to be uh, like an Electrify America city. So in it, they um, one of the things they've done is Electrify America is subsidizing um, charging stations in Sacramento, and that's part of what, and I think maybe even uh, subsidizing a little bit of gigs arrival here, but it was that fact that Sacramento had become a, a, what the first Electrify America city uh, is what enabled or uh, encouraged Gig to bring their operation up to the Bay Area and give it a try this month here. You you kind of answered the, the, a follow up question I was going to have is that it seems with the jump bikes and with Gig and other alternative uh, forms of transportation, the jump the uh, zip cars and other things, we have probably twenty different modes of transportation now in Sacramento. Is it because of exactly what you talked about, uh, or is it because we're the state capital, or are there other reasons why we seem to be kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, at the forefront of some of these new ways of, of getting around town or going out of town as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, you said it. You mentioned some of the reasons there. One, one is that we... Uh, we do have we, we have the state capital, and I know with um, autonomous vehicles, they 
there are some of the the companies that uh, that uh, that are working on them. They like to get them here and show them off to the state legislators yeah. and drive down L Street. And so there's that you know there's the the seat of power and and, and the regulatory stuff is here. So they that, that makes the city a little bit more attractive to have a presence in. Um, the uh, the mayor Daryl Steinberg here has this thing about wanting to bring. Um, new technology companies and new young workers to Sacramento and so he's seen Electrify America and and uh, um, autonomous vehicle technology as kind of one of those growth areas that he wants them to be in Sacramento and grow here just for our own economy and and, and a younger workforce um, another thing is that we're close to the Bay Area but we're you know Silicon Valley and uh, you know, the first Google cars were tested down there, but we're, we're close and cheaper, so this is, if they're going to expand beyond the Bay Area, um, this is a, another good, easy place to be. Um, and so, you know, those are, I guess, you know, those are the key reasons why we actually are a city that has more of this new technology or more more people here experimenting with these new things than um, than a lot of other cities. And finally, we're apparently a, a hot young city and we're actually growing and, and our economy is actually growing and people notice have been noticing Sacramento uh, nationally more uh, lately. That's, it's that's, actually that's a, an attractive city in general. So, we, it's something so we've, it's, we've all known for quite a while, but, but you're right. <laughs> there was an influx of people who live in the Bay Area, uh, work in the Bay Area, pardon me, who, you know, find housing here and, and the schools are pretty good. So, Maybe that all ties together in kind of the bigger picture. Um, so, all of that. Yeah. Hey, Tony. Yeah. Thank, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, that, that's it. No, I'm. I'm, I'm okay. Good. I'm... Well, great, uh, Tony. Uh, Bijak is the transportation writer for the Sacramento Bee, and if you have an online subscription to the Bee, you can check out his recent article. Been a couple of weeks now, I think, that you did the piece uh, a couple of weeks ago, and the video is great. And uh, it was he's got he's at the forefront of a lot of these new technologies um, with um, different things that we have in Sacramento. I think the other day I counted 18 different ways you can get around. Even an old taxi really? cab kind of counts. But but Tony, thanks for your insight today on our podcast. We really appreciate your time, and um, we'll look forward to you uh, more articles on on the new talk technology of Sacramento and the way that people um, get themselves around town. Thank you for being our guest. Thank you, Tony. Uh, sure. Thank you, guys. Okay. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. The Weekly Driver podcast gets support from americantrucks.com. Visit www.americantrucks.com. And welcome back to the Weekly Driver podcast. Our second guest today is Michael Blasky of AAA in Walnut Creek. And uh, Michael, uh, welcome to our podcast. We're going to pick your brain today about all things about the new uh, rental car, so to speak, the gig car that's um, found its way to the Bay Area and in Sacramento, particularly in, in just in the last month or two. So welcome to our podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Sure. We looked at the website this morning and a little bit late last night. Uh, and, you know, we could take this in a whole bunch of different directions. But could you give us a good overview of of the gig car and what the theory is behind it and in terms of um, what it provides and the costs involved, and, and a good interview, a good overview for the public who might be thinking about alternative transportation. Sure. Well, a couple of years ago, and even more than a couple of years ago, actually, but um, so two years ago, AAA Northern California launched Gig Car Share, 
the service. It's a one-way car share service, and we launched it here in the in the East Bay, San Francisco's East Bay, in uh, Oakland and Berkeley. And so basically the concept behind this as a one-way car share is AAA was a, is aware that, you know, the trends in transportation are changing. Um, you know, private car ownership is, uh, you know, trending down, and there, there's more interest and uh, consumer demand for these, these kind of uh, more convenient uh, ride-share, car-sharing type services. Um, so we, we were interested in transportation as a service products. And through, so AAA Northern California launched a innovation lab a few years ago uh, called A3 Ventures. And basically their edict, their goal is to develop new services for AAA that um, appeal to the next generation of AAA members. And so one of the first products that they created was this gig car share service. And so again, I told you it launched two years ago about Earth Day in uh, the East Bay. Uh, we launched with, at the time it was 250 hybrid electric Toyota Prius models. Um, yes. And so rapidly that program expanded. We ended up doubling the fleet in just about nine months and added the cities of Albany and Alameda uh, to the service. And we're now actually operating in San Francisco as well. Uh, it's a little bit different in San Francisco because um, the concept for gig car share is essentially a door-to-door car service. The, the, way is, the reason it's different than other car rental services um, is that you don't have to go to a specific location to pick up a gig, uh, and you don't have to return it to a specific location. Um, there's a there's a, a home zone, essentially, uh, that you can see when you access gig from your app that allows you to return the car basically anywhere in that home zone uh, into any legal parking space. We have agreements with the cities that we operate in to basically pre-purchase parking spaces that allow us uh, to basically have our members that, you know, they can drive up to any meter uh, in their trip and they don't have to worry about paying a fee to keep the car there. They can just go on their way. So it's, it's unique from other... Go ahead. Wow, an agreement with the city not to get a parking ticket. I like it. <laughs> exactly. So it, it takes away that hassle of having to feed the meter or, or for some folks uh, to worry about car insurance. You can either reduce your payment uh, by reducing the number of cars in your household. Um, we've had a lot of stories like that from... Um, our Oakland and Berkeley launch. Uh, the, the reason, now to get to Sacramento and the, what you're probably more interested in, um, so we were looking for places that would be a good fit for uh, our next city, basically, after after launching with and operating with 500 cars in the East Bay. Uh, one of the ones that really interested us was Sacramento, uh, especially, you know, Sacramento has been on a, a green energy strategy uh, for their mobility um, programs over the last few years. Uh, the fact that the Electrify America had some funding to basically provide, um, that was really appealing as well. Because our really our intention is to launch a service that's really convenient, and, but also zero emission. We're, we're trying to make a, a dent here in, uh, you know, into our environment by actually reducing the number of vehicle miles traveled and reducing the number of, of, of those, you know, those old style vehicles on the road. We're really excited about the all-electric type model. Um, so by partnering with the city of Sacramento and Electrify America, we were able to launch an all-electric service that um, will officially launch in about a week. Um, but it's, you know, in all, for all intents and purposes right now, is, is fully operational. And how many cars do you have here in Sacramento? We have 260 all-electric gigs, which are they're all 2019 Chevy Bolt, so we're really excited. Uh, I've, I've gotten really good feedback about how the car is performing and how the, the service is performing. 
like I mentioned, Michael, there's so many different areas, but where did, where did the name come from? First off, the, that's a great name, gig car. And I know what a gig is, but is that the reason it's, it's a, a job or, or, or to do a task or what did the name, what did the acronym come from? It came from the, the so the acronym came from the, basically get in and go. So that, that's gotcha, what we gotcha. wanted the service to. Yeah. Th- so thank we you. Wanted, get, we wanted get in to and go. convey that convenience factor because that's what we feel like really differentiates this service is that you can basically just go to your phone, um, you know, call up your app and, and uh, look at your like a Google Map type thing and see where all these cars are located and how close they are to you. So once you would hypothetically be looking at your your phone app. Um, you'd select a, a little blue gig, uh, reserve it, and you have up to 30 minutes to basically go unlock the car and start your trip. Um, so we think that, that yeah, that convenience factor is huge. Exactly. Yeah, I was thinking you'd, you you might walk, you know, half a block or half a mile, and by the time you get there, the car's gone. But you just told me the answer to that. You reserve it. Exactly. Um, in, in, in the Bay Area, you mentioned, I think, 500 vehicles. Um, and now in Sacramento, have you had any uh, studies done, or maybe you're in the process of doing a study on the age groups? Uh, how how is the vehicle? How have the vehicles appealed? Is it millennials? Is it young working professionals? Is it some retirees? Is it all over the map? It's a good mix. Um, we've we've seen interest in the service from you know working moms who or working families who wanted to reduce their you know, because it can be very difficult to keep two cars in Oakland and Berkeley with the, the traffic and parking situation there. So we had interest in, you know, working families who wanted to reduce their the number of cars they own from two to one. So they would, you know, sell a car and then rely on, on gig for their day-to-day trips. But um, really, the, the average age is, is another reason why we were interested in this type of service, because we do know it appeals to a younger demographic. And the average age of a gig member is in the 20s whereas the average, average age of a AAA member is in the 50s. So we were really, really interested to see right away that this is a service that appealed to millennials and, and younger generations that haven't you know, been raised with that same mindset that, that I was as a, as a boy in Michigan where you know, everybody had their own car. You know, I, had a, I had a truck and a, and a sedan for a time. I mean, it's, it's very much car culture there. Um, in places like Oakland and Berkeley, there's there's kids who have you know grown up with Uber and Lyft and other type of services that um, you know weren't around when I was there. So it's it's kind of um, these 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 new models are really appealing to a younger demographic. The other one of the other areas I'm interested in, and I don't expect you to to uh, reveal any trade secrets, but um, if you go through the mathematics, uh, the different options that are available. Uh, hourly, by day, uh, different things. And if you start to do the, the math of the figures, what about the gas? What about the time and effort? What about these different things? How, how have you been able to uh, appeal to the public in terms of this is a good deal if, if, in some of the marketing? And, and could you take us through a little bit of how you guys determine what the charges uh, would be? And I'm not saying that in any kind of disparaging way. I'm just curious how you f- figure all that out into the mix. Yeah, so the, we wanted the service to be, you know, enough that could be competitive with the other services that were out there. And so yes. with 40, 40 cents per minute or 15 per hour and 85 per day, that that's, takes you pretty competitive when you're talking about, um, you know, like a ride-sharing type service for your permanent ride. Uh, $15 per hour um, is pretty affordable when you're talking about, you know, you know, kind of where you can go in an hour for a, a ride-sharing service. Yes. And $85 per day is pretty affordable when you're talking about dealing with rental car services. And so basically the, 
for the amount of time that you use the gig, uh, we determine the lowest cost based on how much time you're using it, and then we automatically apply that. So if you That's only, a great if you only thing. Drive, yeah. yeah. So if you only drive it for if you only need it for an hour, you're not going to pay more than fifteen dollars. Um, you know, no matter how far you drive. If you mm-hmm. need it for the day, you're not going to pay, pay much more than uh, you would for a regular, um, you know, a more traditional car rental, except the, the convenience factor of not having to do the sign up and, and you know, um, all the extra fees and the, the processing. With our mm-hmm. service, you, pre- you pretty much can get in the car within a couple minutes. Um, wow. You know, I've, I've, I've walked outside my door and literally you know, flipped up my phone and was, you know, unlocked the car that <laughs> was around the block from my house. I've done that 20 times and it's, it takes a minute. So it's it's really it kind of takes the all that process part out of it. Does the app give you a sort of a countdown of of what what it costs as of that moment? So like you're getting close to seventy five dollars, say by by the hour. And at that point, you might go, oh, criminy, I might as well stay another four hours and let's go to dinner, and I don't need to be back now. There's no time limit. I can just stay where I'm at. I don't believe there's any like uh, alerts that are built into the program right now, but I could, I could see if that being kind of an interesting thought. Um, but right now, it's, I don't think we have anything in there um, that does that function. I see. Okay. Now, uh, Bruce and his wife, Aline, are more active on their bicycles than I am with, with my wife. But And Bruce pointed out right away that, of course, you have two bike racks, which we also heard, I think, uh, from a, our first guest, that you could put a kayak on. So the idea of having the bike racks is sure is an attractive thing to people who are active, obviously. Sure. And and how did that come to pass, and what kind of reaction have you had from the bike racks? Yeah, that's a, actually a huge appeal. Um, there's there's a, a huge population in Sacramento, Oakland, Berkeley that you know a huge biking population, and, and that's been a you know those alternative transportation options and all, alternative mobility options have been a a big priority for cities that we're we're targeting our service, and so it, it was really a natural fit because we see gig as, as sort of being a you know, it's a service, right? So you can, you don't, it's not, it's not the same as owning your own car, but it is, we do want it to be as convenient as owning your own car. And so a lot of our clientele are folks that often bike to work or, or take public transportation, like in, in the Bay Area, a lot of folks take BART. Um, I could see, you know, uh, obviously we think one of the big appeals in Sacramento could be near the train station. Um, yes. So just having that ability to, okay, throw throw your bike on the back of a, of a rental car, take it for, you know, a couple blocks, and then you're and then you're you know in the mountains all day. So that we we totally think it's going to appeal, and it, and it really does, has shown that it's appealed to folks who are more in that active mobility mindset. Sure, I could see that. Uh, sometimes it's raining in the morning, but it's supposed to clear. So you take the the gig car in with the bike on the top, and then you could ride home. Stay exactly. dry. So I, I often will use a gig. Um, sometimes, uh, if I need to drive into from Walnut Creek into Oakland, I'll take a gig um, into into Oakland, and, and then oftentimes I'll take Bart back when the, the traffic's cleared a little bit. Um, so you can definitely plan around. Um, you, you, you can plan a lot better when you have more options, um, when you don't have to worry about going out to feed the meter or where you left your rental car. Because even if that car, let, let's say you drop it off in front of an office building in Oakland, and you come out and that car's gone. The point of the whole purpose of gig is that the service needs to have enough uh, density and enough cars available where, you know, it only, it only takes you a five-minute walk or less to go find another vehicle. And so by having the amount of cars that we have and the licenses that we have, um, it, it creates enough demand that, you know, it, it can be that convenient. 
I have, a, I have a little confession. When I first saw the gig car here in town, I, I kept seeing this Chevy Bolt with the, the Thule racks up on top, and I, and I would look at it for days. I thought, I'm seeing this person who has this car everywhere. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then it dawned on me, of course, there's something else was going on, which is how I, I looked into it. And then I saw Tony's story and so on and so forth. But for a while, I was just thinking, I can't believe that the coincidence is that wherever every coffee shop, every lunch place I go to, the same person's there. It, it, it was incredible. Uh, and as a quick follow-up to the uh, same area, um, can you reveal any plans? Suppose a person wanted to take a car on a business trip and they had to go to Los Angeles or out of state. Is the, is the empire going to spread pretty quickly? Well, you can do that today. We, we have members who take the, car, the cars from the Bay Area to Los Angeles. The only difference is because we don't have a home zone in Los Angeles, you do have to bring the cars back to to uh, the Bay Area. So, there's no place. Gotcha. There's no place right now to leave it and just kind of let it let it be. Um, you know, in, in future, we would love we would love to have that flexibility between city city to city travel. Um, it's it's just a matter of kind of uh, how we roll out the program and, and making sure that we have enough. You know, that, that the program is doing well in the cities that were already existing. But obviously, expansion is, is a key part of how I think it, uh, the service could um, work long term because you're going to want to have uh, that cross city functionality. Yeah, I think so. I think I just I'm glad I asked because I can see myself, uh, you know, doing an experiment on a on a longer trip with one of the gig cars and to see, sure, you know, to to detail that would be you know pretty interesting and and as an older driver um you know not not being in the in the category that you're talking about still some of the things are hard even as a person who reviews cars some of the technology um is a little non-intuitive for me so i think it would be interesting to see just how convenient this is for a family or a family of one to take the car in a longer distance and see how it all worked out yeah exactly and then it's really exciting to see we're really excited to see how the program takes off in sacramento and then you know, obviously with word of mouth and, and a lot of cities are getting excited for these types of services, we feel like it can really take off to the point where the public is, is has a real demand for these type of services. Um, sure. we, we feel like our service can fit that. You know, it's it's more of a of a congestion battler than, let's say, a ride share because um, you're only using the car uh, for the time that you're actually driving. So if I if I drive my private car to a parking garage in San Francisco, it's going to sit there for seven, eight hours a day. And yes. then uh, it's taking up a space. Or if you leave it in front of a meter, you know, you're taking up a parking space. With a gig, uh, that car might be used three to four times before in that eight-hour span. So yes, as, right. as these yeah. services pick up, we think unlike the ride-sharing services, um, we're actually going to be able to uh, create less, keep less vehicles on the road. And studies of one-way car sharing programs like ours show that eventually, with enough with enough uh, usage, um, that removes between seven to ten cars. And for every one car share, that removes between seven and ten cars from the road. So hopefully, right. wow. um, mm-hmm. as these services do pick up, um, we can get away from sort of the parking type mentality, and, and uh, you know, uh, you'll have more cars being used by more people more often. Yes. Michael, can you describe or tell us some about the insurance aspect, how much coverage you get when you're driving that car, uh, what, what the coverages are, and do you make any money on that part, or is that a, is that a black hole, or what, is that a good part or a, an unknown? Because you don't know who you're insuring a lot, well, right? And we have insurance partners. Obviously, AAA has a you know, long history as a, as a brand in the, insur- in the audio insurance side. Um, 
you know, insurance is included. It's a part of the rate. So we do, we do provide, you know, our cars are insured um, by us, but you don't need to necessarily have your own car and your own car insurance to use a gig because we do, we do provide right. insurance. More of a savings. If a person doesn't own a car, why should they have insurance? But, but how about a person who, you know, if you're a young kid, it's very expensive insurance. I guess the, the, the worst driver you are, this is a better deal, right? Exactly. And we, and we <laughs> provide our, 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 our insurance is a third party liability insurance. So basically it provides you with coverage for any bodily injury or property damages to an accident, whether it's you using the gig car or if you're just a passenger. Um, but basically, uh, you know, you're responsible for a deductible limit to 750 if you damage the car, um, or it could be as low as 250 if you're a AAA member. So we do we do have, um, you know, that that relationship with the AAA insurance side that allows us to offer more, uh, you know, more of a deal for AAA members. But we do provide pretty pretty generous uh, car insurance, and, and obviously, if you're not responsible for the damage or, or an accident, obviously the person wouldn't be, you know, you you wouldn't be liable for that deductible. In another area, uh, if I have this correct correctly, I think that the we're talking about the Chevrolet Bolt with a B and the Chevrolet V with a, of the Volt is now discontinued. So the Chevrolet Bolt, I believe, if I uh, understand when I, we went to the L.A. car show a couple of years ago and saw them, the, the range is about 248, 250, something like that. Yeah, and our range is something actually like over, over 300 miles right now with the... Is it? Uh, with the bolt, with the all-electric version, they're 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 a really 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 cool ride. I, I would definitely say if you haven't tried to to take a ride in them, um, that was actually my first ride in an all-electric vehicle, and I was yes. really impressed with it with the capabilities of of the bolt. And yes. uh, we're really excited that it's it's the bolt versus the volt. Um, you know, we're really happy with our hybrids in, in the East Bay as well. But um, our vision for for gig car shares to be zero emission and to help yes. actually reduce. Sure. Vehicles, vehicle miles traveled by, you know, gasoline-powered vehicles. So we, we think that this is going to be a really, really cool and popular service in Sacramento. And we would hope to see other cities get excited for the all-electric type, type uh, deal. Does the uh, app show how much charge is left in the vehicle? If you knew you wanted to, you know, drive to L.A., that thing better be topped off. And, and who tops off the charge? Well, we, we do... We do provide reimbursement for any charging. Like if you're taking the car to LA and need to charge it up, we do provide reimbursement for that. Uh, most okay. of, most of the trips that our members use are typically around town. Um, but yeah, it, of course, it, it tells you how how much uh, estimated miles you have left. Um, all that is very easy for the user to see. It's all kind of pretty self-explanatory. Oh, good. Yeah, that's great. Well, Michael, thank you. Uh, uh, as, uh, as was our first guest, uh, Tony Bijak, uh, Michael Blasky, AAA in Northern California, has just provided a wealth of knowledge in the last half hour. I feel like I've got a lot of, I'm trying to absorb all this. I want to go do stuff. it. I want to go do it. Yeah, the, it sounds like just a great thing. And the more I hear about it, the more I realize that um, it's, a, it's pretty economical when you get down to it with all the different things that you get with the car. And, um, I understand that the Chevy Bolts are, are people who are interested in performance. They really get up and go as well. And you've got all kinds of things with the bike racks and, and parking where you need to park. And it's, it just sounds like um, it's all, to use the cliche of win-win, it just sounds win-win. So, Michael, thank you very, mu thank you very much for being our, our guest on the Weekly Driver Podcast. We really appreciate taking the time and explaining this new transportation method that um, 
probably going to take off pretty fast, I think. Well, well, thank you so much for having me, and uh, let me know after you try the service what you think. Okay, sure yeah. will. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Awesome. Cheers. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today 